0: A reading from the Gospel of Mark chapter 9. They went on from there and passed through Galilee. He did not want anyone to know it, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him, and three days after being killed he will rise again. But they did not understand what he was saying and were afraid to ask him. Then they came to Capernaum, and he was in the house. He asked them, what were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent, for on the way they had argued with one another who was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and put it among them. And taking it in his arms, he said to them, whoever welcomes one such child in my name, welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me, welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. The gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Chris.
1: We get to overhear a little road trip conversation between Jesus and his disciples tonight. And Jesus starts off and he's talking about his impending death. And Jesus says, the son of man is to be betrayed into human hands and they will kill him and three days later after being killed he will rise again. But the disciples did not understand what Jesus was saying, and they were afraid to ask him about it. And so they quickly move on, and they discuss all that has happened since Jesus had called them from their fishing nets on this journey now with Jesus. And so they get into deep discussions to evaluate and rank each other. It's like they're comparing fantasy football scores Or likes on a Facebook post, admiring things about themselves that they think Jesus would find favorable to. But Jesus quickly squelches all that they are considering. And so now they are gathered together, and Jesus does the oddest thing He takes a child and brings the child into the center of the circle. And taking it into his arms, he says to them, Whoever welcomes one child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. So for Jesus, greatness is not in the ranking of oneself or doing all these things to make ourselves look good but by noticing and taking in the child. Now, the child in the story represents one with no status, no voice, no rights, no value. Even the Greek word child is gender neutral, so when we translate it, it's it instead of him or her. You see, children at that time were considered property. So, what is Jesus saying? What is greatness? It is holding close and honoring those who are not considered, in our eyes, the greatest, those people who have no voice or value. Greatness, you see, for Jesus and being a follower of Jesus, is taking care of others, it's giving of ourselves to others. Now, this message is so very convicting to us because we spend the majority of our energy to work on our own greatness. We take pride in polishing our own penny to show our worth and to point to our own value. And so really what Jesus is telling his disciples and he's telling us is that it's not wealth, power, accumula- accumulation of stuff, or status. Greatness in God's eyes is how we extend ourselves to others, most specifically those people that the world will never notice. Now, I have to tell you that this message is one that the world does not find overly inspiring. There is something about Ash Wednesday that our culture will not touch. You will not find a seasonal focused aisle in Target about Ash Wednesday. There are no Ash Wednesday greeting cards. Because who would want to buy or promote the reality that this life leads to death? And who would buy a card that says, remember, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. And who would want to celebrate that all the efforts of this world, all the time that we spend in this life, all end up with the same thing, and that is death. But you know what? In the end, the reality of this Ash Wednesday holds true. Remember, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. You can try as hard as you want, but you're gonna die. It's gonna happen. But in that depressing thought, there's something tucked inside. Through Jesus, God is a God who chooses not to be found in the greatness of this world, only meant to be achieved by some, but rather, in the weak things, the forgotten, the ash, the child, and then how we welcome and accept those things into our lives. It is the giving of our own heart that is where we find God. And even as we work with all our might to accomplish great things and pile them up, God says this, all of those things will fade and scamper away but he will remain and he will be found in those things where we least expect to find him. And he not only remains there, but he brings about something else and it's divine creativity from that place. Our ashes name death, but they also hold promise. And this promise is not something that's supposed to stay wrapped It's gifted to us to share and to use. And we're called to touch it, to imagine it, to live it. And so I was thinking about this. If Jesus says that greatness is like bringing in and welcoming a child, it's not just the limits of a child, but the possibility of being childlike. And we all know it. Kids just have a way of imagination, of pure honesty, of seeing beyond what we think is thinkable. So I decided to go down to the pre-K class at Mount Olivet Child Learning Center, and I brought this bucket of ashes, palm branches, that we have burned, that we mix with olive oil, on Ash Wednesday tonight. And I looked at those kids, And I said, what would you do with these ashes? What would you create? And so I want to share with you the answers that they gave me. A cat car, (laughs) a new shirt, I'd make paint, I'd make a puzzle, I'd make a house with a blue sky, a heart, clouds. I think there's a couple more, isn't there? No. The last one, it didn't make it up there. He looked at me and he said, I make a valentine for you. (laughs) You see, they see beyond what we are able to see. They see what God has in store from the place of death, from the ashes of our lives. We name our mortality tonight but we also name and hold on to the amazing gift that God has given us through Jesus, something new emerges. And most often this is found in the giving of ourselves to another. And children seem to know this the best. And I want to end tonight with a blessing of the dust. It's actually printed in the back of your bulletin, and I want to read it to you. If this is a blessing of the dust, then this mean is a blessing for us as well. All those days when you felt like dust, like dirt, as if all you had to do was to turn your face toward the wind and be scattered to the four corners or swept away by the smallest breath, as insubstantial. Did you not know what the Holy One can do with dust? This is the day we freely say we are scorched. This is the hour we are marked by what has made it through the burning. This is the moment we ask for the blessing that lives within the ancient ashes that makes its home inside the soil of this sacred earth. So let us be marked not for sorrow, and let us be marked not for shame, let us be marked not for false humility, or for thinking we are less than we are, but for claiming what God can do within the dust, within the dirt, within the stuff of which the world is made, and the stars that blaze in our bones, and the galaxies that spiral inside the smudge we bear. May you find space during these six weeks of Lent to give yourself freely to someone else. And may you notice there the creative and amazing possibility of what God does with the ash of this life. He transforms it into something extraordinary. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please stand. Let's sing.